Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Welcome to episode 12 of the longest-running Eric Roberts-related podcast in the history of the internet. Yes, it's Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the exhaustive, comprehensive examination of the life, career, and works of actor Eric Roberts. I'm Doug Tilly, and with me as always is, wait, no, not with me as always, our regular co-host on this podcast, Mr. Todd Rigney, is unfortunately not with us today. In fact, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out. Not just to Todd, who is a person I hold near and dear to my heart, but also to his wife, who was in an unfortunate accident this morning. She seems to be okay, according to Todd, but we're still sending our thoughts out to her and him and them together, and Todd will be back with us on the next episode. Sitting in for Todd is another special guest. We have two special guests today because this is a very special episode. Our special guest today is one of the hosts of the Cinepunks podcast. It's Mr. Liam O'Donnell. How are you today, Liam? I am so good. I'm on right now, at this very moment, one of my favorite podcasts. What's uh, that then? To be... oh. oh, yeah, this one. This one right oh, now. Oh, good. I thought you were doing two yeah. podcasts at once. I was a little confused there for a second. Uh, you don't understand my powers. I can do many podcasts. I'm, I want to come on and be super excited, but now that I know it was in such uh dire circumstances i'm like worried now you know is everything going to be okay tell me it's going to be okay it's going to be okay this is very free form this is a very loose episode and it should be a very loose episode because this is a halloween special episode i know and you know we don't get to have many halloween special episodes of eric roberts is the fucking man because this is the first time that uh that we've actually existed when an october is happening so of course for the several now we've worked it out before with Todd. Now, if you take into account that Eric Roberts on his IMDb page has, I, I believe at the moment something along the lines of four hundred movies, uh, and that does not count all of his television appearances, then if we do two movies per episode, or a movie and a TV show per episode, uh, or maybe a reality show appearance and a movie or a TV episode per episode of us, uh, then we should be doing this right up until about two thousand eighty. Seven, But that does not take into account that Eric Roberts is still making movies and still appearing on TV shows, so that may branch off way into the future. Is that an exciting prospect to you, Liam? Are you trying to tell me right now that you have cold feet? This sounds like cold feet. No, 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 no. Do not get me wrong, Liam. Not cold feet at all. I welcome the opportunity to spend the rest of my life in an Eric Roberts-like trance because the more that we experience his work, the more I feel like we are closer to him as a person. Now, of course, we do not want Eric Roberts to listen to this show, especially this episode, because we might say things that are insulting or in some way contradictory to the tone of a podcast that's called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. This is why I wanted to be on for the episode of The Prophecy... There's a prophecy, right? The prophecy too, just the yeah, most prophecy recent too. episode. Because I love that movie, and I would say nice things. And then if Eric Roberts ever heard it, I would be like, "Yeah, Eric Roberts, we're friends." But this episode and what we're discussing in this episode, I don't know how pro Eric Roberts I'm going to be. Well, I, you're just gonna have to hold off your opinion on a little bit here. I'm holding on to it 
because we have and Liam, you're not it's not that you're not a special guest, you are. You're a friend of mine, you're a great guy. I wish I wish I could talk to you on a daily basis. I'm not I'm not making <laughs> that up. I think you and I would get along really well. Uh, but we have an even more special guest, and I don't mean to again minimize you. We have a very special guest. She is an incredible writer, director. She's made a number of short films that I've really enjoyed. I've had the pleasure of interviewing her in the past, uh, all the way from Massachusetts. I can't pronounce that. It's <laughs> it's Izzy Lee, the director. Welcome to the show, Izzy. Hi, Lee. hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a uh, pleasure is all mine. Uh, as I tell every guests that we have on. Uh, the only reason I have this podcast, it has very, very little to do with Eric Roberts. It has a lot more to do with being able to speak and spend time with people I have a lot of respect for, and you're certainly one of those. Izzy, you got to tell me, what has been your lifelong experience with Eric Roberts? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Seeing glimpses of him somewhere, sometime, somewhere, and forgetting, forgetting about it immediately. Right. Although, now you are... Although I will say... He just made a cameo in the Rihanna video called Bitch Better Have My Money. Discussed at length on this very show. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Bitch Better Have My Money, the uh, the video that Izzy was just nice enough to mention, uh, does indeed feature Eric Roberts in a small <laughs> role. So uh not insignificant. Small. Not in, not, not in, That's exactly right. Not as important as Mads Mikkelsen's role in that same video, but important nonetheless. He also recently appeared in a Chris Cornell video for a song <laughs> that I cannot remember the title of, but we also discussed at length because, again, everything Eric Roberts we must discuss. We need to watch it all. Todd, I know you're not here, but I know you're thinking that right now. Eric Roberts has actually been in a slew of music videos, including the killer's Mr. Brightside from a few years ago. You ever see that one, Liam? I have not, actually. Now, Liam, you are a music aficionado, is that correct? Uh, let's say uh, a music obsessive nerd. Uh, yeah. Aficionado makes it sound like I have good taste. Well, you like the punk music. That is one of the musics I enjoy, yes. You know, in the most recent episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, Liam, uh, we discussed two movies which had a, uh, a punk... Uh, component to them. First, we talked about the Prophecy Two, which had Danzig from the Misfits in it. Yeah, we. That was one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that. Is that there is a very limited amount of Danzig footage in existence, and what little there is, I want to discuss. It's really just that and that that video of him getting knocked the fuck out from a few years ago. Uh, the other connection was in the movie Fast Sofa, where we had the band Fear. Fronted by Lee Ving. Sure. And they make a brief appearance in that. What do you think about Fear? Well, um, the thing about Lee Ving is I get the feeling he didn't mean. You know, if you see any footage of Fear, it's a lot of very offensive things being mm-hmm. spewed at the audience. It was just all a performance. It was all put on. And it's kind of revealing because his whole existence is to be as offensive as possible. So really what he's revealing is what he thinks is offensive. Note on Lee Vang, he had an acting career. He was in a mm-hmm. f- quite a few movies. Mr. Body. Oh, yeah. They have a song, that, that band Fear, and it goes, I don't care about you. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah. Mm. They also so. have a song called Fuck Christmas, which is, you know, exciting. Uh, and Lee Vang, uh, note, I'm a Philadelphian by birth, as mm-hmm. is Lee Vang. Hence his reference, uh, unexplainably for a California band, to South Street in uh, Living in the City. That's very interesting. I did not know that, but thank you for that little piece of information. Izzy Lee, have you ever seen the movie Black Moon Rising? I have not seen that one. 
Black Moon Rising was written by John Carpenter back in the 80s and was not directed by him, but I mention it only because it has two things that I really love, a futuristic car and Lee Ving in a supporting acting role. <laughs> also, Tommy Lee Jones, who I also really love. So that's three things. Everyone go out and check out Black Moon Rising. Not very good. Uh, but today, we're going to be talking about two things which also may or may not be very good, though I'm going to guess, even though um, you've actually suggested otherwise, Liam, that they are very good because both of them feature Mr. Eric Roberts, who, as our theme song says, is the fucking man. But before we get to those two amazing Halloween-themed television productions, we, of course, need to discuss the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. What a week it's been for fans of Eric Roberts, or, you know, just generally people who have podcasts about him, because Eric Roberts was on a television show. We've mentioned it several times on this very show. He was on a show called The Player, which is on NBC, and it stars Mr. Wesley Snipes, back from his tax evasion issues, now on network television. Uh, And uh, once, despite the fact that we've mentioned it on previous episodes, actually several times, and we broke the news he would be on that show, uh, people all over the world were messaging me on the day when that show appeared to say, hey, did you know Eric Roberts is on The Player? With Wesley Snipes, and I said yes. In fact, I mentioned it on a podcast that I have called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. Liam, do you know anything about the player? I know literally nothing about the player other than the fact that you informed me on this very podcast that Eric Roberts would be featured on it. Izzy, do you have a preference for Wesley Snipes movies? I do not. I think have he's you, kind of a jerk. <laughs> he, he does. Doesn't he come off as kind of an asshole? Gives like, off that vibe and, you know, all that tax evasion. It kind of just proves it, right? It does. It. it you know what? I, I, I'm all turned around on my pro Wesley Snipes-ish because you know what I was just thinking about? Remember when he made those Blade movies? Sure. Well, apparently he was a real asshole. Well, apparently he's been an asshole his entire life. I mean, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. But have you ever heard the story that in the third Blade movie, he was such an asshole that they had to double him for a lot of the movie. Wow. And, and, but the other thing is, he refused to open his eyes for scenes. So he would go through whole takes with his eyes closed, and they had to CG eyes onto what? his head. I, I swear to God, I'm not making that up. He was, that sounds literally insane. Apparently, yeah. he, him and the director, Dave Goyer, were really at odds for the entire thing to the point where everybody was super tense on the set. And I swear that that is something that actually happened, where they had to CG eyes onto Wesley Snipes. What do you think about that? Do you think that real eyes might have helped that movie? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like it's a side note for Blade Three at that point. Uh, it, well, the, the, you could blame the poorness, the poor quality of that movie, on the fact that Wesley Snipes was such an unwilling participant in them. But I'll tell you what, if I was having to kind of lay low because of tax evasion issues, I probably would, you know, be kind of a chill dude on set because, hey, you're probably doing all right if you're the star of Blade 3. Maybe. I mean, Making he, Ryan Reynolds money. I, I, I definitely get strong, bad vibes from Wesley Snipes, but there's a couple of movies that he is in that I love, that I just have to accept that he's in them and I still love them. Passenger 57. <laughs> yes, that's high on the list. What, what is the highest one on the list? Honestly, uh, probably Mo Better Blues, I think. Okay, all yeah, right. Uh, although I have... White Man Can't Jump? No, no Demolition love, Man. No love for... <laughs> Art of War. 
I do have a little bit of love for Demolition Man. I'll give you that one. All right. That sounds good. But anyway, I do have a, a few quotes from Eric Roberts about appearing on that television show, The Player. He said, <laughs> Wesley Snipes and I have a mutual admiration society going on. And the director, Ah Scott, <laughs> that's the end of that sentence, and the concept and network. Plus, I was in town. I was very happy to have done it. So it sounds like Eric Roberts was really pleased to be on the television show, The Player. Eventually, I will have to watch it, as is my life's work uh, on this very podcast. But it might be a little while. Uh, I have not heard about the ratings for The Player. It seems like the kind of show that would be canceled right away. But I, don't, I can't really speak for the tastes of uh, the United States television audiences. Uh, Izzy, what's the kind of television that you watch? Um... I don't watch a lot of TV, but mm-hmm. when I do, it would be stuff like Cannibal, Dexter, American Horror Story, things like that. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Hannibal because, of course, Hannibal was also on NBC and got unceremoniously canned to, to, so they could afford Wesley Snipes to be on this television show, The Player. <sighs> yeah, I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I think maybe it's a little unfair for me to blame Wesley Snipes directly for the cancellation of Hannibal. But I do think that there's a thorough line there that we should explore, uh, but not right now, of course, because we need to continue on <laughs> with our biweekly speedball update, or should I say hashtag speedball update. For the uh, longtime listeners of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, you will know that we've been following the progress of the Fast and the Furious meets Paintball extravaganza called Hashtag Speedball, uh, which I have been really keeping close eyes on because I want to know every step of the way. Some might recall... It was dead. Some might recall it was brought back from the dead. Some might recall that I'm checking their Facebook on a semi-regular basis. Eric Roberts still attached to this paintball movie. It, uh, it has not had any updates on their Facebook in the last two weeks. Sp- Speedball is coming sometime in 2016. Keep your eyes and ears open. Liam, do you speak German? I wish I did, but I do not. <laughs> I, uh, while doing my research for Eric Roberts is the fucking man, I, of course, did a search in Google for Eric Roberts in quotes. In fact, uh, I have an Eric Roberts Google alert because that's just the kind of guy I am. And one of the things obsessive. that came up... Yeah, obsessive is right. Maybe a little dangerous. But <laughs> one of the things that came up was were all of these German articles. And uh, I took German in university, so let me just uh, read some of this out. Wer hatte des Vermoglich gehalten? Scheiße. Mm. <laughs> That's about all the German I know. How about you, Liam? What's your German? Uh, all my German, uh, it comes from swear words and Wolfenstein 3D. How about yourself, Liam? Uh, uh, Pimmel, right? Pimmel? Is that the, what's the, what's the word for penis? I think I How know that one. How dare you? Oh, yeah. is that it? Yeah, something like that. St- Honestly, I got... <laughs> I've, I've read words in books, but I couldn't tell you what they were. Well, thankfully, we live in 2015, uh, and the world is a wonderful place, and I was able to put this article through Google Translate. So I'm just going to read quickly uh, a couple of these paragraphs. <laughs> Who would have thought it possible? Michaela Schaefer is Hollywood star. The nude model has snatched a role of film in the U.S. comedy Euro Kings and assumes the role of mistress of a VIP club owner, reports the image the 31-year-old told already on Facebook that she participates in a Hollywood production. Now we know the details. You may lie in the arms of Eric Roberts, 59, none other than the brother of Oscar winner Julia Roberts, 47. So I guess Eric Roberts is going to be appearing with Michaela Schaefer in Euro Kings at some point in the future. Uh, Izzy, does that sound like an interesting no! project to you? No. How about, how about you, Liam? I, I mean, uh, when I... Th- Euro Kings! 
when I think Euro Kings, I think Eric Roberts. So I think this is fitting. I'm excited about it. I'll go see. No, I, I have no idea. Well, I think it's a little early maybe for us to judge. That's uh, fair. That's fair. I, I, I do have to say that this article that I'm taking this from was liberally sprinkled with photos of Michaela Schaefer in various states of undress. So I know nothing of her or her career. Good luck to her in the production of Euro Kings, and I hope she works well with 59-year-old Eric Roberts, the brother of Oscar winner Julia Roberts. Finishing up the Roberts Report this week, Recently added to the Eric Roberts IMDb page is the 2015, though likely 2016, science fiction slash action slash horror film called The Epidemic, directed by Nigel Hartwell, who's, who's actually helmed a few horror shorts here in Canada over the last few years. And the IMDb summary, uh, written by the director himself, states, After a meteor crashes into the Earth's crust, causing extreme devastation, an unexplained plague decimates a town's population, turning people into zombies. The town's few survivors seek refuge where they can make a final stand for survival. It does seem a little derivative in terms of the plot, but still, that is the kind of content I enjoy. Sounds like it might be the kind of content you enjoy, Izzy. What do you think? I might watch that if I was especially messed up one night. <laughs> messed up on what? Scotch. All right. Scotch whiskey. Liam, what is your drink of choice? I am actually... Uh, Straight edge. Yeah, I am. I'm... I am. I'm, I'm annoying like that. So chances are... I would have a big jug of uh, diet iced tea as I'm also diabetic. So, you know, I'm a real ball of excitement with my non-alcoholic blackberry tea. Uh, uh, that's, I, I, you shouldn't put yourself down, Liam. I actually have a lot of respect for people who are straight edge. But I do have to ask you, I need to explore this a little bit sure. deeper. Does uh, diet iced tea not have caffeine in it? So this is an interesting point. Um, mm-hmm. There are a number of straight edge folks for whom uh, caffeine is a drug that they're concerned about and they think that uh, it's something that we should avoid and they have very strong feelings about it. And Mm -hmm. I uh, just happen to think that they are dumb and I don't agree with them. So uh, I love caffeine. I'm a big fan. CM Punk has a big tattoo of the Pepsi logo on his arm. Mm -hmm. And he's straight edge, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can never tell with him if that's just a gimmick. Is that just part of the image or is he really down? I have no idea. I know he was really down, at least in the early 2000s. I wouldn't be able to speak for it now, but my understanding, he was pretty hardcore about it, at least at that point. But I think we're getting slightly off topic. The reason we brought up the, what was it called? <laughs> <laughs> the epidemic is because Eric Roberts is credited on the IMDb page as playing Ralph. And the film is notable because, uh, speaking of CM Punk, it will also feature professional wrestler and former Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle in the cast playing a military general. It actually apparently was filmed uh, this past June all over Ontario, Canada, which is where I am right now. Uh, And the IMDb listed budget is $800,000, which ain't bad for an independent production. One extra fun fact, this is for fans of my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, the uh, director, Nigel Hartwell, was actually the DP on the film The Killing Games, directed by Barry J. Gillis. Barry J. Gillis, known in uh, really low-budget, murky, shot-on-video circles for the uh, starring in and directing the famous Canadian exploitation movie, Things. Okay, that's enough of the Roberts Report this week. We need to get going. We need to get to our first break so we can return from our first break and start talking the meat of the episode, which is two television productions. We are going to start 
with Celebrity Ghost Stories Season 1, Episode 6, featuring Eric Roberts talking about his spooky ghost experiences. And not just him. Another array of celebrities will be joining him on that episode. Then we're going to take another break. We're going to return again. We're going to talk about the pilot for Celebrity Ghost Hunt, which involves celebrities allowing ghost hunters into their homes to search for spooky ghosts. I don't know about you, but that sounds like the greatest thing that could ever have existed. I know a lot of people are excited to hear our thoughts on this, and they're going to hear them right after this. time in my life the freakiest thing happened to me what i felt was horrible was violent the experience happened just a few days after i came out of a coma i'm over my face and i'm so close to to my own face that i, I can actually feel my breath I like things I can touch, that I can see, and that are believable for me in that way. I was really uncomfortable in my own house. My dog just was just really afraid. I've always been ultra sensitive to outside energies. Still to this day, I'm, I'm fairly shocked by what I'm about to share with you. Cut off suddenly. <laughs> Celebrity Ghost Stories was a television show that ran from 2009 to 2014. I think it might have been on the Lifetime Network, something along those lines. In that time period, they aired 89 different episodes packed full of celebrities of various stylings talking about their supernatural experiences. In episode 6 of this series, they featured not only... Eric Roberts, but also Wilson Phillips' own Carney Wilson, Elizabeth Rome from uh, Law & Order, or at least Law & Order a few years back, and uh, genre superstar C. Thomas Howell talking about their own experiences. Uh, this was a unique experience for me. I had actually never watched this show before. Looking in front of me, I have a list of all the celebrities who have appeared on it. I feel like I've been missing out by not experiencing it in a kind of deeper detail. But before we get into the episode proper, I want to ask both of my guests a very simple but very important question. Starting with you, Izzy, do you believe in ghosts? I think there's something out there in terms of energy, but I'm not sure what I believe. You know, I've, I've experienced something pretty strange, so 
not sure what it was though you know what i mean i don't know what to believe do you care to elaborate a little on your strange experience yeah sure um i was in high school and alone and uh i was assigned some chores that i begrudgingly had to get you know finished and uh i was you know every 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 window on the house was completely closed okay i was sweeping the floors and i went to go to the pantry which was just off the kitchen and the door opened by itself it just sort of drifted open and I kind of felt, I wasn't scared, strangely enough. I wasn't scared. I felt like there was like some sort of helpful presence there. And uh, I just sort of swept in the pantry and then uh, stood back and I said, okay, thank you. I'm done now. And the door just drifted back shut. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> It doesn't make any fucking sense, but it happens. I mean, it is. It's exactly one of those experiences where when you're in the middle of it, I mean, it even sounds, I'm not going to say it sounds silly when you're explaining it, but it it sounds certainly random, right? But in the middle of it where you're not only experiencing this door opening and closing, but also this strange energy, it just makes you feel like you're in the middle of something that you can't really explain. (laughs) And obviously it stayed with you. Yeah. It's something that that you must think about. I think that's really interesting. And again, it does play into some of the things we're going to be talking about in this this episode. Liam, let's hear your side of the things. Have you had any spooky experiences? None. Not one? Well, I've had experiences in which I was afraid, like, things happened that were frightening. (laughs) But as far as saying, like, because of a ghost and not because I just heard a sound or something like that, not at all. Which is, uh, I think, maybe just my lack of imagination. If I hear a noise in the dark, I've had friends who are like, I felt a presence. I've just never really had that. Uh, The scariest things that ever ever happened to me involved humans and guns and not actual, like, supernatural creatures. Now, would you consider yourself a skeptic? Well, I probably shouldn't since I'm a vaguely religious person. I guess I'm I'm a vaguely religious skeptic. I guess that makes sense. Well, I don't don't know. uh, I don't know that I think that when people die much happens so i guess that's my issue is that quite literally i i believe that there might be something that we can't see or feel i've talked to enough people who've had experiences that so they're experiencing something and i'm not inclined to say like oh no they're stupid or whatever like clearly something happened to them but for me when i think through it i still don't know that there's much to us so i don't know if i believe in ghosts as far as uh spirits of people but as far as could there be something that we can't perceive with the senses that we have? Sure, I've just never had that experience directly myself. I have a I think... one actually that I just remembered. Okay. Um, have you ever been to New Orleans? I have not. How about yourself? Never. Lee? I wish. Oh, Me too. Well, it's my wife has. She says it's amazing. It is. The food is unbelievable. Um, the architecture is great, and of course, there's lots of spooky things to go and check out, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun too. Um. Several, about a decade ago, I was staying um, down in a hotel who had acquired former slave quarters as part of their uh, property. And that was, you know, the building in which we were staying. And, um, you know, I, I don't go looking for trouble. Like, for instance, 
I wouldn't be like, hey, let's go to, you know, Lizzie Borden's bed and breakfast and, and see what happens, you know, shit like that, because that's, that's how horror movies start, right? This is what I do. Um, however, um, it just looked like a good hotel, and it was within walking distance of the French Quarter to a lot of stuff, and um, so we stayed there. And in the middle of the night, um, I woke up out of a sound sleep. I had the feeling that something was staring at me. And it was super unnerving and terrifying. Um, and I couldn't wake up uh, the person I was with at the time. And I was terrified. And I had, I didn't know what to do. So I, I was basically like a fucking four-year-old. You know, I put the covers over my head and I snuggled up, you know, to my boyfriend at the time. And it was pretty scary. Um, I just did not want to make any movement like it was being watched it was really creepy that it that does sound extremely creepy yeah uh and and I, you know i think it's not uncommon i mean i think most of the people listening to this most of the people i encounter on my day-to-day life they they would have very similar uh responses to the both of you which is that even if they're not sure even if they don't feel necessarily entirely convinced, they've had unexplainable things happen to them in their lifetime. Now, one person who is convinced is actor Eric Roberts. And he actually, in this episode, describes his belief system when it comes to the supernatural. Let's have a little listen to that. I've always believed in the paranormal. I mean, I mean, there is a paranormal. And, uh, and, and there are spirits and there are ghosts. And uh, anybody who doesn't you know, believe there aren't, is being silly because uh, what runs this vessel is energy and you can't kill energy you can only displace it it has to go somewhere so uh there are spirits as we call them of course there are so that's the answer (laughs) (laughs) the answer is yes there are spirits duh also, you would be silly to think otherwise. Uh, because I haven't really given my own experience on the topic, I do have to say um, that I am a skeptic. In fact, I'm a, I'm a pretty committed skeptic. Uh, I've never had a supernatural experience happen to me in my lifetime. And also, I reject the idea that, uh, that in most cases, many, maybe all cases, uh, there is some other explanation for it. I find the idea of ghosts to be ridiculous to the point of laughable uh the idea of of something that everyone would be afraid of but its greatest power is knocking over chairs or closing doors and windows i mean you know give me a bleeding wall or or an elevator full of blood then we're talking but i just feel like the the idea of being especially the idea of being scared of a ghost is something i just can't subscribe to if anything i would find the possibility the likelihood the reality of ghosts existing to be the most reassuring thing in the world. It would absolutely destroy my belief system, but it would be so reassuring to me personally because it would convince me that there is so much I don't understand. There is so much out there that is could potentially mean, you know, uh, uh, an afterlife. It could mean uh it could mean, you know, the possibility of encountering friends and family again. I mean, it, there's it, it really would kind of expand my whole consciousness. So I welcome the idea of experiencing some sort of su- supernatural contact, but until that happens, I just don't believe it. And I kind of want to will myself to believe it sometimes, but it just doesn't happen. So in the eyes of Eric Roberts, 
And it chokes me up to say this uh, I would probably be seen as rather silly And I do have to say that even in the context of watching this episode And knowing that there are 80 some odd episodes of this I don't want to say that these people aren't lying, obviously This is something that all of these people have experienced <laughs> Maybe some of them are lying But it, it, I, I just don't feel convinced And I especially don't feel convinced by our second topic today But we'll get to that in a little <laughs> bit uh, so let's talk about the episode proper. Uh, for those who have never seen Celebrity Ghost Stories before, it takes a very simple structure. A celebrity sits down, they tell their ghost story, and there is a recreation of the events that are shown using, it seems, on a fairly low budget with actors and things, so we get a sense of what it actually would have looked like. This episode begins with Wilson Phillips' Carney Wilson uh, telling about her experience. Um, she, her story is the one that sticks with me the most, because it ends, I'm not going to go into any significant detail, it ends with her interpreting her experience with a ghost as the ghost trying to tell her to stop drinking. So that is what her, has pushed her to become sober, is the fact that she had uh, a ghost <laughs> rip off her sheets while she was sleeping. And in fact, similar to you, Izzy, it was kind of a nighttime type experience that she had. And I don't mean to laugh at it. It just is very strange how her story unfolds, where her interpretation is this ghost was of a person who killed himself because he was an alcoholic. So he pulled my sheets off to tell me to stop drinking. Ghosts are perverts, uh, that's all. I mean, it seems like ghosts are perverts. <laughs> It seems like they come to people while they're sleeping and <laughs> I mean she didn't just say rip rip the sheets off right she said like tried to pull her clothes yeah, off Yeah it's fucked up it sounds like uh, an incubus She yeah, she she, does. she definitely insinuated it was sexual and yeah. then she made it sound like very positive in her interpretation of it and I was kind of confused at her immediate like well clearly he wants something from me mm-hmm. which would be good for me and I was like why do you feel that way <laughs> I don't understand. It's pretty bizarre. And the weirdest thing of all, as if that's not weird enough, is that her story ends, and I don't mean, again, I'm not making light of her experience. Obviously, it was something that was very transformative for her. But so she goes back to this place where she encountered this ghost, and she fucks her husband or her boyfriend in there, (laughs) and she gets pregnant, right? Because that's not creepy. She thinks there's a ghost there. Like, she really believes it to the point where she goes into the room and speaks to this ghost. And she decides, look, I understand you're there for a while. You're sleeping in separate double beds. Shit's going to happen, right? She's still fucking her husband in front of a ghost. And she gets pregnant. And she seems to imply that that was part of the whole thing, right? Like, that was, like, the reward. (laughs) It's pretty nutty. It is, uh, I, I... I hesitate to use the word nutty, but it's totally fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, isn't she... she seems like she's out of her mind. <laughs> I would be nervous that her child then would be inhabited. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're this much in. Right. You're, if you're going to take it to the logical extreme, that is a ghost child. Yeah. That she has 100%. And he's going to uh, become she... a barber, and then he's going to kill himself in her basement. Yeah. It's the cycle, right? Didn't she give birth on the internet? Did that happen, Leo? Oh, Gross. I, I think she think did. She did. Yes. Yeah. That's Un- something. That... Unfortunately, not with her own music playing in the background, which would have been <laughs> the perfect. I would have. Oh, I probably would have cried. I would have like high five myself and cried. That would have been so amazing. <laughs> it might have happened. We don't know for sure. But I do kind of want to now find that video just to satiate my curiosity that there was a ghost child coming out of her. <laughs> 
it's 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 possible, is what I'm saying. Um, we're gonna skip. Eric Roberts is the second person that uh, speaks in the episode. I just want to quickly cover the other two subjects before we get to him. First, Elizabeth. Rome. I, I might be mispronouncing her last name. I remember her pretty well from Law and Order. Uh, she's actually really well known in f- the Law and Order fandom because in her final episode, when she was leaving the show, and she actually mentions it on this story, uh, a really weird thing happens where she's getting like kind of let go, and she's talking to the uh, DA or whoever, and and she says, "Is this because I'm a lesbian?" And and the person's like, "No," and. There was never any suggestion about her sexuality at all Because that show doesn't exactly pry into people's personal lives in it But it became this sort of weird kind of catchphrase for a while Of this like bizarre last minute springing of a plot detail uh, To, to kind of develop her character right before she leaves the show for all time but, uh, but that's what I know Elizabeth Rome mostly from She seems very nice She has a house in the Hamptons, Hamptons Good for her uh, And uh, she experienced a doll who spoke to her? Thanks for the hug. Thanks for the hug is what this. <laughs> I mean, she seems so nice and so sincere, and it's such a strange. I have to say, I don't give a shit if it's the nicest house in the universe. If I was in a room and a doll's head turned towards me and said, Thanks for the hug in some sort of evil demon voice, first, Which yes, that would confirm. Yeah. I would get the fuck out And like She was not there Like in this house For six months She was in LA working right If you had that option That you could just Pack up and get the fuck Out of there The ghost Doll Talking to me Would be enough To do that I think But not her She was like uh, She Just like Carney Wilson She saw it as a good sign It was the house Wanting her to be there (laughs) The house Wanted her to Um to metaphorically hug it by staying within it. Yeah, I guess they don't watch a lot of horror movies, huh? This is some I sort mean, of like triumph of ego. Like, <laughs> of course the universe wishes me well, and this yeah. uh, talking doll clearly is evidence of that. Yeah. I mean, I th- th- that's an interesting interpretation, Liam. I wasn't really thinking that, but you're right. It does seem like... I mean, she spoke very highly of her house, obviously liked it very much. She said it was kind of like her dream place to live in. And it would be kind of nice to think that the place that you live in wanted, you know, that if you were to, going to enable it with some sort of spirit or personality, that she would, that it would want you to be inside of it. Uh, so in her case, her home spoke to her through a creepy doll and uh, told her that she should stay living in there, uh, even though her dog was terrified of going in the room with yeah, it. Yeah, I would... I would put my trust in the dog. She sort of suggested it was the dog's fault. That, like, <laughs> it's a new dog. The dog is just sort of jittery. You know, it's really, the, the dog doesn't know about how good the talking doll is. Because <laughs> you, the audience, know that this is actually really good. Because I just explained it to you. <laughs> I, I feel like that house could have burst into a fucking fireball. And she would have been like, oh, now I can build a new house. Like, clearly, this is further evidence of how good my life is. I like the idea that she goes into the room, the doll tor- turns towards her, and she's like, and the doll's like, I'll fucking kill you! But she still interprets it as like, no, what? it's trying to make me kill my memories of my other houses. I'm going to stay here and enjoy this. She just, no matter what, it would be interpreting something that allows her to stay in the house. Yeah, and any doll talks to you anywhere you are, it's fucking not okay. You get the fuck out. 
It's not okay. I think we can safely say that about dolls speaking to us. Yeah. Uh, before we get to Eric Roberts, let's finish off with C. Thomas Howell from The Outsiders and The Hitcher uh, and, uh, and any number of 80s movies, and his work has continued into the 90s and 2000s and so on. C. Thomas Howell has always had uh, a penchant for picking up on energy, according to him. Mm. And he tells a story about his experiences filming in Mexico with Tia Carrere back in the early 90s, and he encountered a ghost who then... <laughs> who then you can't um, even describe it without losing your shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he sees this ghost who was some sort of gangster mall of Al Capone <laughs> or one of his men, uh, and she then um, possesses one of the people working on this movie. You've got to tell everyone how attractive she was. She was super attractive, she was so man. So gorgeous. I liked how. Okay, so so then he hugs this person who's who's so been possessed, gross. and that gave this dead woman the comfort that she needed to kind of get over the whole being a ghost thing. I love how he started his talk about it with saying, you know, people around the set were saying that Al Capone used to come down here. But there's no, like, proof that that ever fucking happened. You think that would be very easy to prove if Al Capone was hiding out in this giant hotel that they were staying at. So if you, after you've had this supernatural experience where he says that when he had it, in his brain, the entire story would just kind of popped in there. He knew exactly who this woman was. He knew how she got there, how she died. That would be so easy to investigate. So why don't you have a fucking newspaper clipping of this woman dying <laughs> outside of this hotel or Al Capone was here? You know why you don't have that? Because it sounds like the whole story was horseshit. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to doubt C. Thomas Howell. He's been very good to me through his films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and he, I, I do have to say also, he's a very good storyteller. He's very, like, into it, and he seems kind of... Um, he seems very sympathetic to the situation, but he also seems like he, and and this goes back to what you were saying, Izzy, about how he was going on and on about how gorgeous this ghost was. Uh, he just seems kind of a little up his own ass. Would you agree or disagree with me? Let's start with you, Izzy. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you, a hundred percent. Liam, am I am I going overboard here on my criticism of C. Thomas Howell? What I can't handle is his choosy skepticism. Like like you pointed out, like <laughs> we have no evidence that, you know, Capone was down here, but I did have this psychic message from a ghost. And specifically, even with the details, you know, he accepts that this woman comes out of this secret gangster hideaway, and of course she had a lovely time. And he said it like that was the most obvious detail. Like she had a lovely time. Obviously, most <laughs> most people who go to island retreats with dangerous gangsters actually have just the most pleasant time. But then there was a car crash and then she he gets the whole story. But even the way he described it, like not with her words telepathically, of course, like as if you were sitting there going, wait a minute, she said this to you? Oh, telepathically. Okay, yeah, that's that right. makes I'm staring sense. at her. I just like she's like she's someone who worked at the hotel who wandered into the wrong fucking room or she was just like, you know, having a cigarette or something and she got embarrassed because suddenly see Thomas Howell is there. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, no. And, and he's like, oh, yes, you are the ghost of that woman. <laughs> Come over here and embrace me. And she's like running off. Oh, where is she? Oh, yes, crew woman. I'm going to embrace you. <laughs> and you can just see the woman, the, the, the makeup artist or whatever. She's like, what the fuck? See, Thomas Howell won't stop hugging me. <laughs> but, but it all seemed to work it out happens. in the end. Eric Roberts believes in ghosts. He really, really, really believes in ghosts. That 
cannot be stressed enough for this episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. He had a supernatural experience. What has to be... I've been... Like, like since watching this episode, I've stopped people on the street and said, let me tell you about Eric Roberts' bizarre supernatural experience he had in the early 80s. Eric Roberts was a very successful actor in the early 80s, even before this happened. But what happened is, I think maybe around 82 or so, he was in a car accident. And it put him in a a coma state for a little while, but he was in hospital for about a month. He lost uh, feeling in one side of his body for an extended period of time, and he lost a lot of his memory from before the accident. His story is twofold. One, he had an out-of-body experience, which was portrayed in this episode with a, a double of Eric Roberts, who literally could not look less like Eric Roberts. <laughs> you could have put an ad in the paper saying, looking for people who don't look like Eric Roberts, and you couldn't find someone who looked less like him than the actor that they've chosen here. But he had an out-of-body experience, which is not uncommon for people who have a traumatic um, injuries and things like that. But the core of his story involves him laying in his hospital bed, being extremely worried about the future of his career, because he, you know, he has to be able to use his memory, uh, he has to be very physical, uh, and it looks like that might be over for him. He is visited by the ghosts, <laughs> two Romanian ghosts, uh, and these ghosts, who are, he describes in a lot of detail, surprising amount of detail, they write down a, two drugs that he should use. And the core of this story is after he gets out of the hospital, he's told, by the way, that you can't get these drugs with a prescription, but they're available under the counter. And if and Eric stresses this very clearly. Go to your pharmacist. <laughs> ask for under-the-counter drugs, because I'm sure they'll treat you just like they treat this famous actor who goes <laughs> in to see them. <laughs> so he goes to his pharmacist, and it works out perfectly. The guy's like, those drugs are illegal. And he's like, yeah, but... But, and they just give him the drugs. That happens. <laughs> and he takes them, and they work. And we find out that the uh, the person who developed these drugs originally was Romanian, of course, long dead. And they were ghosts. Ghosts prescribing ghost medication that's only available under the counter. I need to hear your thoughts, both of your thoughts on this. Izzy, starting with you, what did you think? Where do I even begin? Oh, my God. Did did you believe that Eric Roberts was visited by Romanian drug dealers? No, I think he's still high on something. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's completely insane. It sounds like he took little plots of films that he's seen here and there. Like, the the part of Mulholland Drive where the tiny little elderly couple, like, slipped underneath the door to go see Betty who's in the bed and, you know, all fucked up. And they're laughing at her and shit. Except that they're nice, you know? And they're like, here, have some free drugs. So there's that. And then it's just... Jesus Christ. Um, good for him that he survived his brain brain damage and coma and all that. And yeah, it just sounds like drug-fueled nonsense. It It is hard to interpret it as anything but either drug-fueled nonsense or someone, you know, having a traumatic experience, you know, slipping in and out of consciousness, sleeping in a hospital, maybe hallucinating slightly. Yeah. The, the idea of them prescribing, like, writing down on a piece of paper these two specific drugs that he should take. I mean, there seems like there could be literally a thousand different reasons that someone may have written those drugs on a piece <laughs> of paper 
and put it in a hotel room next to someone who really could probably have used those drugs. Also, I should have done a little more research to find out why those drugs are not available via prescription. But what Eric Roberts is preaching is that if you have something wrong with you, ask your pharmacist for the stuff that they keep under the desk. Something that they keep in the in the back room where well, he, regulars don't get to go. Even the way he says it when he's like, they're not available because they're not FDA approved. <laughs> it's, it's, you're, you are, as the audience, supposed to go, of course they're not, you know? You know what I'm saying? Huh? We, we're they're holding the back page. the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Liam, what did you think? What did you think of Eric Roberts' ghostly experience? Could you imagine being a fucking Romanian chemist or, or whatever, <laughs> pharmacist, whatever, Certainly. whatever the fuck, and you die, and you're like, oh, we're still... We're still here. I wonder what that's about. Well, in about 60 to 80 years, there's an actor, and he's going to need your help. So you have to stay here on this mortal plane (laughs) until you can go tell him about these two drugs, and then you can move on (laughs) to whatever your fate is. It's just the – you know, it's so weird. It's such – so specific and so weird that I don't even understand. I couldn't even begin to diagnose where that shit came from because it's so strange. (laughs) I like how it ends just like every ghost story in history does where he goes back to the hospital and he's like asking around, hey, did you see this completely random nondescript couple out of the millions of people who visit this fucking hospital over the last however many weeks I've been out of here? And they're like, we don't remember those people at all. Oh my God, total proof that these fucking ghosts gave me drugs. It is so fucking weird. What you said, Liam, is perfect, which is that it's so specific that it's almost hard to dismiss it because why would anyone make up something so ridiculous? But uh, it does seem like it's something that was very real to Eric Roberts. And I'm not certainly trying to imply that he is naive or susceptible to influence in any way, though I will say that in the second half of this episode, I may uh, contradict what I just said. (laughs) It's just, I I just can't imagine a worldview in which, you know, a haunting makes sense. You're in someone's home, they're pissed that you're there, or they were murdered violently. Or What is the motivation for spirits from the beyond to suggest you should try this drug? It might help with your memory. I don't understand... How you get to that point? I just let I, I must walk the earth. I must walk the earth alone, except with my husband. Right. <laughs> did the husband did the husband invent any drugs, or does he just gotta tag along until she gives out all that she has left? Also, they can't just give him the ghost drugs. They just have to give him a. They can write. They can write on a piece of paper. Why didn't they also write, "Hey, we're ghosts." <laughs> This is my name, and I am a ghost person. No, they had to write the names of drugs. Also, you think, just this is just me. I would think if I had a piece of paper that a ghost had written on, I would hold on to that. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you'd want to hang around with, you know, keep on your bedside table, maybe put a frame around it or something. That time I was visited by ghosts and they gave me back my memory. Um, but, uh, but no, I guess uh, in this case, we'll, the, the details have been lost. To history. Uh, at the end of every segment of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, we ask our guests, in this case both guests, whether this uh, episode confirms or denies the theory of this podcast, which is that Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. Celebrity Ghost Stories, Season 1, Episode 6, Izzy Lee, is Eric Roberts the Fucking Man? <sighs> no. <laughs> 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 Liam, Celebrity Ghost Stories, Season 1, Episode 6, Eric Roberts, fucking man or no? 
I got to go with yes on this one. Uh, but I think that's because it just feels to me like he was the more entertaining of the stories. So I feel like that that makes him kind of the man in this context, you know? It's like even on that shitty ghost show, Eric Roberts did pretty good. I mean, he's no, he's epi- no C. Thomas Howe, but still. The episode after this one features Carrie Fisher, okay. Rue McClanahan, and John Waters on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to see this so bad. Yeah. See? D- just me saying those three names makes me think, why have I not? Hey, here's another thing. I'm looking at the list right now. So this is the first season, right? Episode episode five of the season, Carney Wilson is on it again. <laughs> is each, this is time, each story about like her conceiving a child but with a different ghost involved? This time I was hooked on pills. <laughs> but uh I'm uh, I'm gonna actually maybe yeah, it's my podcast. I'm gonna say it does confirm that he is the fucking man because it is so goddamn weird. <laughs> and uh and Weird is good. Weird is entertaining. Weird is all we're looking for on this podcast. That's enough of celebrity ghost stories. We need to take a break. And when we return, we're not done with the spooks. We're not done with the scary ghost people that haunt our Earth. We're going to be returning and looking at the pilot for the uh, amazing television show, Celebrity Ghost Hunt, featuring, of course, Eric Roberts. We'll talk about that when we return. Psychic Chip Coffee visits actors Christopher Atkins. Has that light ever done that before? And Academy Award nominee Eric Roberts. Alice, run. Run where? Run why? To confront mysteries of the unknown. Meters going off. We're surrounded. What in the world is this, Chip? We're going to find out who this woman is. My wife is scared to death. Join host Chip Coffee as he investigates hauntings that are affecting the lives of celebrities. Yes, we're talking about Celebrity Ghost Hunt, the unpicked up, I believe, pilot for a TV series about ghost hunters coming into the houses of celebrities and hunting ghosts. Now, I do want to start by saying what my expectations of this show were. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't watch any of the previews or anything before I watched the episode. I thought... It was going to be, just like the name suggests, a combination of one of those ghost hunting shows where you bring in the person with all the equipment and shit and celebrities. So, you know, it would just be them uh, kind of experiencing what you see on those ghost hunting shows 
with the celebrity. And in fact, I think some of those really popular ghost hunting programs, which I, I haven't really watched many, but I think sometimes they do episodes with celebrities. I know sometimes they have celebrities actually go along with them as they do these investigations. That's not what this show is. This show, as uh, that little audio clip just said, it's hosted by a guy named Chip Coffee. And Chip Coffee is, okay, imagine a psychic or, well, a psychic, yes, because that's what he is. He's a person who picks up on vibrations or some such, except he looks and acts like Charles Nelson Riley, And <laughs> he is ridiculous. Like, so... I, I, like the first thing I saw when he came on the screen, I was like, oh, this guy's full of shit. I can't wait for this. And he got more and more full of shit. Like, he brings in his own people as these investigators who, of course, confirm all of his beliefs because they're his fucking people and this show has him as a host. This show is sort of like, um, like the Dog Whisperer or there's like a My Cat from Hell, right? Where it's like, Here's a, here's a celebrity, and they're having a problem. They're hunted with goats. Let's bring in the expert to fix it all for them. The structure is exactly like you've seen a thousand times on one of those uh, shitty reality shows, except in this case, we have Christopher Atkins from the Blue Lagoon and really nothing else, and Eric Roberts and his wife in their lovely house. Eric Roberts and his wonderful wife, who we have on this show, on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. We've experienced them on Celebrity Wife Swap, so we know a lot about the family already. And of course... Eric Roberts and his wife Eliza, not only have they appeared in many films together, they have a podcast together, a radio show that they do together, which, of course, Todd and I will have to listen to every episode at some point, but not yet. Sure. Uh, so this was a really interesting experience. It really – I was super disappointed in this show. <laughs> I mean, I again, I don't have put any credence towards people who hunt ghosts for a living, but I suppose uh, if the concept of the show was let me show you why the thing you're scared of is not really worth being scared of. Or let's investigate this and try to get to the bottom of it. Maybe we won't be able to come up with anything, but at least, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it from a position of science. But these people come in with their fucking EKG meters and ghost packs, and, and, and they're hunting ghosts, and they're going to find them. And they, they take video with, like, spheres moving around the screen. It is such nonsense, such ridiculous nonsense. Uh, unfortunately, I know, Izzy, you weren't able to watch uh, the episode, and, and honestly, you should be glad that Sounds you Sounds like you I missed nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, Liam, I know that you have, but uh, I, you watched the Eric Roberts section specifically. Before we talk about Eric Roberts, I just want to really quickly talk about Christopher Atkins, who I know nothing about. They decided, the makers of this pilot, to have it feature these two celebrities. Eric Roberts, who, again, well-known name, has done much work. Christopher Atkins, who's, who's a film, been in many, many films as well. Christopher Atkins, as this episode starts, is still acting, but the whole episode takes place in, on this property in, I think, Kansas City. Uh, no, North Carolina is where it takes place. He's in North Carolina with this friend where he and these three rednecks, he describes them as rednecks, they spend their whole day, every day... <laughs> Literally mining gold. This guy has a property that he is convinced has $300 million worth of gold on it. He says, he, like, they interviewed the guy who owns the property. He's like, they offered me $6 million for it, and I told him to get away. And he's like, he's convinced that he has a gold mine. Like, he's, he's like, this place is swimming with gold. So him and these guys, that is what Christopher Atkins is doing these days, is mining for gold. And that's so they have a, an old... Abandoned, not abandoned. They have an old mine shaft that they're in, and they're they're uh, you know t- t- 
panning. I don't know how the fuck you find gold. Uh, so they bring in this psychic, Chip Coffee, who immediately is like, oh, he starts picking up these signals, right? And he's like, I'm getting, I'm getting Native American. I'm getting murder mystery. And of course, you know, he's piquing their interest with all of this ridiculous horseshit. And they are not only just buying it, they're like, they're, they want to hug them. They want to like, they want to invite them in, and like, they're they're just so along for the ride. It's actually a little sad to see. Though on the other side of it, they do really seem like extremely like relieved by everything. He like brings in a Native American to do like a ritual to to rid the place of the haunting. So depending on your perspective, you might get some entertainment value out of that. Before we talk about the episode uh, with our guest today, I want to talk about psychics. Um, I don't mean to be dismissive of every psychic in the world. Maybe I do. Again, I am a skeptic. But Chip Coffee is ridiculous. I don't want to give any credence to him being legitimate in any way, shape, or form. Uh, there's actually a really great article out there where um, a group of skeptics actually get together and uh, absolutely make a mockery of his inability to tell that they were there just to make fun of him. But uh, you should check that out. But I do want to get your kind of sense of, of psychics and, and people of the spiritual persuasion in general. Uh, let's start with you, Izzy. Do you think psychics are for real? Mm, I doubt that most of them are. Um but, you know, I, I do believe that some people do have a very strong sixth sense and that can sense mm. things and, and feel things and, you know, whatnot. Um, I do think these TV psychic people are full of shit. So there you go. Do you think that they're not just full of shit, but despicable? Yeah. Like, the fact that they're, they're pulling one on these people, do you think that this is like a con? That yeah, I do. Um, there's, uh, do you ever read the website cracked.com? Oh, uh, yes. There's a, a really great article they have about uh, a, a bunch of cons, one of them being the uh, a Long Island medium or whatever she's called. and It's, it's a really good expose on, you know, <laughs> Which which types of people are able to pull the wool over others' eyes? Well, I'll I'll actually link that in the episode uh, description here because that sounds like something that would be right up my alley. Liam, I know that you are a man of conviction, also a man of spiritual persuasion. I'm not meaning meaning to tie your spiritual beliefs in with the idea of spiritualism or psychics, but I do want to get your opinion on the subject. What do you think about psychics? Uh, I find it such a weird term, psychic. It's very strange in the sense of, I don't know what we're describing. Is the idea that, like, oh, shit. <laughs> Everything okay? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, as I'm bad-mouthing, oh. as I'm about to bad-mouth psychics, I feel like someone's using their psychic powers to to fuck with my ability to do this. So basically I just don't understand what we're describing when we describe psychics. Are they, let, let me give a definition that may not be official, but is what I'm going to go with, with, which is a person who can communicate directly or semi indirectly with the dead. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe in that even for two seconds. It's just, and it's, uh, there's a combination of, uh, an actual logical thing going on there and that, that's not the way I view the world working to think that people can do that. But then there's also uh, an emotional reaction, which is that so quickly it feels like you're being fished out. So watching this right. guy on the show 
everything he was saying, it wasn't it, – it's – if I was writing a script and in the script I was trying to describe a grifter, I would have him saying – in fact, even if, if he was saying those things, I'd be like, oh, I'm going a little cheap right now. Like this is a little obvious that he's trying to rip <laughs> these people off. Like what is going on? Yeah, uh, I I uh, I certainly lean very very strongly in that direction. I don't uh, discount what Izzy was mentioning about some people having a uh, an ability to uh, pick up on certain. To me, that's less uh, supernatural and more the idea that some people are just much better on picking up on physical cues and emotional cues, and that they can interpret things based on that. But in terms of of psychics, not only do I not believe in the ability to speak to the dead, I find the the concept behind them to be really distasteful. I think about it, you know, my father passed away a few years ago, and within me is that part of me that would be like, oh God, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to talk to him one last time, right? And the idea of someone came and said, I have a way for you to speak to your father and say whatever message, and he'd be able to respond to you, there'd be a part of me that would be like, oh my God, that is of course I want that. Of course I want that to be real. And as soon as I accept that into my life and as soon as I start that conversation, I would be so humiliated by the idea of being taken by being grifted that, of course, I would continue this kind of ploy. I'd continue this charade even if there's a part of me that knew that it wasn't real because I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I feel like it's really taking advantage of people in a really kind of sick and sad way and i even if the explanation that you're giving people peace you know i want to be able to talk to my father i don't want to talk to someone's interpretation of that you know it just makes me feel kind of icky the whole concept and again i don't want to again i'm not don't mean to paint with a broad brush but i will say, say that chip coffee comes off as mr scam he seems like such a disingenuous piece of garbage uh <laughs> well i really kind of went pretty strong on yeah. that no but i really i, I didn't re- really care for him at all in he, this episode he, it seems like he asked so many searching que- you know like was there a judgmental male in the house like yeah 50 percent <laughs> of people had a judgmental male in the house at some point like they just seem so broad you know <laughs> and this is a case where it's been edited down to you know, just cutting out probably 99.9% of his probing questions and also who knows how much research was done ahead of time to make sure that what he's predicting is that, that it comes to be, right? <laughs> you know, because uh, let's, let's actually talk about, uh, since we've moved past Christopher Atkins, let's talk about Eric Roberts for a second. Again, we know Eric Roberts is someone who believes strongly in the supernatural and he had a supernatural experience in his very lovely house where he was, he's an insomniac apparently, uh, and he is up at night quite often, and he once was in his kitchen, and he started to feel something very strange. And he looked towards the fireplace, because he felt something regarding that fireplace, and he saw the outline or kind of the, the vision of a woman there. And he says, he says it in this really funny way where he's talking about, I started to go like this, and I know nobody can see what I'm doing, but he's like kind of gripping his own thumbs. He's like, because I wanted to see if I was sleepwalking. Because <laughs> that's the international sign of waking yourself up is just kind of squeezing your hands together. Uh, and, uh, and he believes that, that he saw a ghost in the house. And so they bring in Chip Coffee, and they bring in this array of people who have lived in the house who have all seen a ghost there before, and they all link it together, and they, they of course, come to a very specific conclusion of exactly who it was, and, uh, and it kind of goes from there. Liam, what did you think of the Eric Roberts episode of Celebrity Ghost Hunt? Honestly, 
it was very difficult to watch in the sense of I felt like Eric Roberts was just being so easily I mean the moment the moment that really fucked with me was when they brought in that device which I forget the name of it it had some sort of made up <laughs> sci-fi sounding name so it just speaks sort of random words right or sounds that the things that sound like words that eventually get more and more kind of specific but they're just sort of random words and it creates these sounds based upon the energy in the room sure it does and Let's say that's even true. You're assuming not only that there are such things as ghosts or that those ghosts want to talk to you, but you're also assuming that the way that ghosts try to talk to you is with their energy fluctuations, which what the fuck are you even talking about? And then how would you be able to translate those specifically into English? Like it's like so specific. It doesn't make any sense. But so they're listening and the, it killed me, the clip that you played, and Eric Roberts is, like, repeating, Alice, run. Run where? Run for why? Why are we running? Run where? And they would all repeat the words. It's it's not like, you know, you've seen these uh, EV, I guess it's EVP or whatever it is where you're, you're taping. Sure. And the recordings on those, those are, in fact, hard to hear if there is anything there. I get the idea that you need to... But this is a clear voice. This is like Siri is talking to them, and they're repeating <laughs> they the words this... like Frank, and everyone just says it together. Frank, Frank. That's Frank. I hear that. That's that name that we heard before. They're playing it on like Audacity on a PC. They're just like, it's just Frank again and again. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, well, if they can communicate through energy fluctuations, why don't they make complete sentences that just say, hello, I am Frank. Well, and, and they very conveniently, like, the way – that both Eric Roberts and then this guy who is certainly not an actor, right, who comes in and says that he also saw a ghost, that guy felt to me like an out-of-work actor. But uh, <laughs> let's say he comes in and he does his thing. They both describe someone wearing clearly Victorian clothes. Like, they're very clear about what this person is wearing. And then they're like, the home was occupied in, like, 1940-something. <laughs> I'm like, the theory already fell apart. It's like she died and she thought... Well, in order to be in character, I should put on Victorian clothes. <laughs> oh, she's got frilly stuff on. Just like that guy said, frilly. What's the odds that a woman would be wearing something that had a frill on it? Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it is uncomfortable to watch. I can't believe that this is what they decided to go with in terms of trying to sell this as a show. Uh, it, it, I'm kind of glad that... One of the things we talked about before we actually started recording was whether there would be enough celebrities out there to allow them to continue this. But going back to what you said, Liam, the idea is if you tell someone, someone you know maybe who's not doing particularly well right now but might be a, a fairly well-known name, that, that will put you on TV, will give you a certain amount of money or whatever, and you can go along with this and it'll be a lot of fun and we can find out some history about your house and, uh, and maybe if you already in, believe in ghosts, we can investigate one of those stories. There probably would be enough to keep that going, at least for a couple of seasons. You know, you get your Dustin Diamond or whatever, and you end up at his house. <laughs> Let's investigate Screech's ghost. <laughs> but, uh, but, but it just—I am glad that this one. I'm glad this one didn't go to series compared to something like Celebrity Ghost Stories because Celebrity Ghost Stories is goofy, but it's kind of fun because you kind of get the personality of the person speaking. In this one, all I do for the whole thing is feel embarrassed and sad <laughs> for the people. For the people who are being what I can only yeah. describe as being conned uh, by the these ridiculous ghost hunters. I mean, hunters. The, the name and of I, the psychic is Chip. He said Chip Kelly. That's his name. 
chip coffee. coffee. So chip coffee. This is a chip coffee vehicle, right? Like obviously, yeah, like it he's the hero is. each episode. Well, I'm looking at chipcoffee.com right this very second, and there is a page for a celebrity ghost hunt. And that what I read at the very beginning of this section, where it says join host Chip Coffee as he investigates hauntings, that's what it says on it. He is trying to sell this as a show, or was trying to sell this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is that it's you're supposed to be impressed by him, which if you're selling yourself as some sort of psychic, I mean. What I find interesting about him, besides the obvious, like, he's probing and he's doing all the things that you would expect, like, a fortune teller on the boardwalk to do, uh, there's also the reality that he doesn't have much of an affect. So, like, even the moment where he supposedly sees a shadow and, you know, he sees something, he, he sounds bored by his own revelations. Like, he's the least convinced – like, I want – I want the woman from Poltergeist. Like, I want someone who's, like, going <laughs> to act for me. And he's just kind of like, oh, I definitely saw a shadow. There was a shadow. <laughs> oh, it's a shadow. But it seemed like he was doing that a lot, too, which is, did you see that? What was that over there? You definitely saw that, right? It's like, And that's just a classic thing, which is, you've seen that. We saw that just then, didn't we? And it's like, it, you know, it, it, it really does have that kind of confidence game feel to it. Let's not... Let's not delay the point any further. Uh, Izzy, I'm going to, uh, because you weren't able to see the section, I'm going to skip you on this one. Liam, Eric Roberts, fucking man or no? I got to go with, I mean, there's a lot to hold up here. You know, Eric, he seems like a good dude. His house is great. His wife seems charming. He welcomed this clear grifter into his house without stabbing him in the face. <laughs> like, there's a lot to, oh, but as far as the man in this no, no, no. This revealed a weakness of Mr. Roberts that w- will be hard to live down, honestly. That part where the guy, the former owner of the house, comes in, and Eric is wearing that that shirt with the slightly open top to it, and the guy's explaining how he saw the, the, the woman, and he's like going into some detail, and Eric is so happy. like He's so pleased with the idea that this dude saw exactly what he saw, and it's total confirmation. There could not be more belief on his face at that time that a ghost is inside his fucking yeah. house than this dude saying, oh, yeah, I saw the ghost. Yeah, some dame walking around the fucking kitchen or something. And he's on board 100%. I do find that endearing, I do have to say. But overall, I did find this episode really close to unwatchable and very embarrassing. So I will not, I will not be saying that Eric Roberts is the fucking man in this particular context. In fact... I'm sorry, Eric, but I'm going to have to ask for two I'm sorry's in order to make up for I'm it. Let's sorry. start with number one. Oh, that it. You know what? It's okay. Let's just, let's just hear I'm one sorry. more. It's okay, Eric. We all make mistakes. We all end up on weird ghost reality shows. You will live to fight and act another day. And we know that because there are many episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man to come. We are going to take our final break and when we return we're going to give a little plug to our special guests and then we're going to discuss our next episode episode 13 lucky number 13 of eric roberts is the fucking man where we're going to have another special guest who i'm going to announce just a few minutes come back and join us No matter which way you stay, you're out of my mind, out of my mind, out of my mind, out of my mind. I was walking with the ghost, 
<laughs> yes, it's the Halloween special episode. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Episode number 12, where we discussed celebrity ghost stories and celebrity ghost hunt. I will say that overall, not too impressed with the uh, ghost-based uh, reality television that's out there. But maybe there'll be more to come. Maybe Eric Roberts will appear on more for us to cover on this very show. And of course, there's certainly a lot more spooky content in future October. So keep your ear to the ground. I really want to thank Izzy Lee for joining us on today's episode. As I mentioned at the, the very top, not only is she an amazing director, and you should really check out her work. I know it's appearing on several film festivals right now, and I, I, you have some uh, previous ones available as well. A, and a wonderful person and someone that I was very happy to be able to talk to previously and very happy to have on the show once again. You're going to be hearing a lot more about Izzy Lee, so I'm I, I'm, I just feel kind of lucky that we got her here first. So, you know, two or three years from now, when everyone's <laughs> talking about her, you can, you can point towards this episode where she was talking about awful Eric Roberts television <laughs> projects. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you. You're Izzy. very kind. Where can we find your work on the well, internet? Uh, you can. Well, I've got uh, three short films on the festival circuit right now, but you can also keep up with me at nilenoctum.com, N-I-H-I-L. N-O-C-T-E-M dot com. Um, for those of you near Edmonton, Innsmouth starring Tristan Risk is going to be playing Dead Fest with Tales of Halloween this Saturday. Um, and that's, I think, October 24th. Innsmouth will also be playing uh, with They Look Like People at the Ithaca International Fantastic Film Festival on November 14th. Um, a Favor will be playing the Housecore Horror Festival um, at some point next month as well. They haven't released the schedule. Postpartum will be playing Morbido in Mexico on Halloween. <laughs> a Favor will also be playing Bangor Fest in Bangor, Maine on Halloween. Uh, let me think. There's, I think there's one more that I I can't even keep track of them, which is kind of awesome, but wildly crazy expensive. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I, what I love about your short films that I've seen is even though they don't they don't announce themselves as being necessarily a feminist uh, piece of work or even being directed by a female, but they obviously have a perspective that's very unique to you, and it's creating uh, an atmosphere that for people who are who are bored with traditional horror, bored with uh, the the horror that they're seeing at the multiplex that they're going to get something really new and really original out of your work and I think that anyone who are at any of those festivals or get a chance to see any of your work in the future you're in for a major treat is there any place we can find you on social media as well uh, yeah I'm here on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash Nile Noctum Films um, same thing with Twitter at Nile Noctum Film and we'll link all of those in the show notes Liam, thank you so much for stepping up and uh, and co-hosting today. What a wonderful treat it was, and and a very uh, I mean you you kind of jumped to it at the last moment to uh, to join us here today. Where can people find your work on the internet? Well, uh, the most obvious place would be cinepunks.com, which is just uh, C I N E P U N X. That's punks with an X. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Liam Rules, and then I also write for a website called Synapse uh, that starts with a C. That's C-I-N-A-P-S-E uh, dot C-O. Uh, I don't write for them as often because we're adding more writing to Cinepunks, so I'm trying to split my time a little bit. Uh, at, I would definitely recommend following Cinepunks more than me, though, on Twitter because I'm really annoying on social media. 
I don't agree with that at all. I, mean, I think <laughs> you're a joy. I think both of you are a joy on the social media. Uh, and, of course, I'll link your information there as well. I, Doug Tilly, can be found. My writing can be found over at dailygrindhouse.com. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can find me also on my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, at nobudgetpodcast.com. If you want to find more about Eric Roberts, well, of course, you can look up Eric Roberts on the internet, but why do that? We can go to ericrobertsistheman.com and check out our archives with a number of wonderful special guests in the past and a lot of Eric Roberts films that we've covered. You can also check us out on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or look for the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Facebook group. Just do a search for Eric Roberts is the Man on Facebook. On our next episode, again, episode number 13, we're going to be covering two more Eric Roberts legendary projects. First, we're going to be discussing King of the Gypsies, one of his breakout roles. Then we're going to talk about the pilot for the television show Less Than Perfect. Now, you might say, well, I don't know, Doug. I'm not convinced that I'm going to come back for this episode. Well, you should. I don't know why you wouldn't. This was a delight. But this will convince you. Our special guest is going to be Mr. Random Rolls himself from the AV Club, one of the finest writers on the planet when it comes to pop culture. And I think, and I'm just going to say this, Mike Sullivan was on a few episodes ago. He is tied for being my favorite interviewer on the planet with this man, Mr. Will Harris, will be on the next episode. Guess what? If you look up Random Rolls and Eric Roberts on the internet, you will find one of the best interviews ever with Eric Roberts, done by Mr. Will Harris. He's talked to the man. He knows all the secrets. He knows all the anecdotes. He's going to be bringing them with him on episode 13 of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, coming up in just two weeks. Please come back and join us. Thank you so much, Izzy. Thank you so much, Liam. You were both wonderful. Thank you. Hope to ha- I want to have both of you back soon to talk more Eric Roberts it, it was my pleasure and it will always be my pleasure good night everybody let's listen to that th- let's listen to that theme song once more Eric Roberts is the fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man if there's anything that you can do Eric Roberts fucking can